Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. Well, I'm excited about grow. The simple word, four-letter word, grow. It's an amazing word, and it encompasses so many things. And so over the weeks and months, I've just been pondering a lot of things about this subject and taking, writing notes and, and getting information and so forth. So I've just had all these things and just going through them. And, and so I, I came up with 21, I think 22 probably, words. I'm not going to talk about those words necessarily here, but you're going to see them every day starting today, starting at the very basic of soil and it's going to work its way all the way through the cycle, life cycle, of a plant or a tree, whatever it may be. And it'll take you through 21 days. You'll go through this process. And it's interesting to go through this, but I've put these short narrative videos together. So make sure every day you're checking those out. Because so, that's going to be a supplement, really, to what we're doing here on Sunday mornings. Lord, I just pray right now as we jump into this grow. God, there's so many areas of our life that we need to grow in. And if we don't, then if we don't feel that, if we don't sense that, God, that you're going to do a work in us because we need to have that idea and thought process and that the encouragement from you that we need to grow. We need to grow. We can't stay where we're at. We need to grow. So we thank you for that. I just pray today and for the next few weeks, God, that you would just put in us the things that you want to put, plant those seeds, fertilize, water, and and see those things come to fruition in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this morning, I just want to talk about the foundation for growth. I'm going to talk about a few things and read some scriptures. And I was thinking about the brain. <laughs> the brain, our human brain, it is crazy how much stuff it takes to operate our brain. I mean, far beyond anything that we can even think of. It's just like... 100 billion neurons that they say are going on in your brain. I, I don't know. It's just beyond my thought process. But I, I was looking at something. It says every 60 seconds, 2,000 in our brain, every 60 seconds, and we don't even realize this, 2,000 handwritten or typed out pages of information goes on in our brain. We don't, we don't know that. Every minute, there's stuff that's going on. And it says, when I was reading it, it said the material produced every 24 hours takes one person five years to read it nonstop, if you're reading nonstop. So it would take you five years to read that information that we think 24 hours. So, and with that, we have room to grow. <laughs> because we don't even comprehend and we can't even fathom all the things. What our brain stores and all that, and the, but, that there, but there's room for much more. What capacity of our brain do we use? I think I won't ask you what, because some of us are like, like me. I'm using such a small part of my brain that I think God's like, hey, Steve, there's a little more in there. You want to go ahead and dive in there. <laughs> there's some more space you could fill up. But it shows that we, we all have room to grow in so many areas of our life. And I think of, you know, spiritually, physically, uh, emotionally, all of these things. We have room to grow in Colossians 2.7, kind of our key verse for this, Colossians 2.7 says, let your roots grow down into him. 
Who's him? Yeah. And let your lives be built on him. Who's him? Jesus. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Come on, now we need to let our roots grow down. Heather was talking, it was a great illustration. You know, some of us, we're going to be transplanted a little bit. We're going to be uprooted, and maybe it's not as comfortable. But in order for us to grow, we need to get into a different environment. It's a fresh start, maybe, for some people. But I wanted to just run through really quick a few indicators that will help us to show us indicators that we are actually growing in some aspects of our life. The first thing is just basically our decision-making process improves when we're growing. We can see that. It's interesting because as human beings, we have doubt. We doubt things, and, we, and so when we're making decisions, we, we have doubt, so we don't really go forward in that decision maybe. And James talks a lot about doubt basically causes this un- instability in us. We're unstable. We become unstable in our ways because we're double-minded and we're not thinking and making good, solid decisions. So, but when we make good decisions, our decision process improves. It's a sign that we're growing, that we're growing, and we can look back on that. The second thing is our giving into temptation becomes less frequent. It's a sign of growth. But we need to have these things to measure things that are going on in our life. It's important to look at these things. The third thing is, God becomes bigger, and we become smaller. He becomes bigger, and we become smaller. Because when we come to Christ, it's all about us, and we're this, we're this big thing that exists, and it's all about us. And as we learn and understand God and his ways in our life, we, be, we realize that he's much greater than us. He, he has much better decisions about our life than we do. And pretty soon, this, the scales start tipping to where he becomes great, and, and we become very small in the, in the sense of how we make decisions in our life and what we do. I think about recently how in surgery, uh, neurosurgeons, they know a lot of stuff, right? They're, they're trained. They've gone to school. They have many years of learning how to be a neurosurgeon. But they don't hold a candle to what God knows about us and about our brain and all those things that we function in and how that happens. The next one is our grace and love for others increases. Our grace and love for others increases. This is another measuring tool for us. Do we have grace for people? Do we love people? Because we can come in and carry this hard line. As I was referring to earlier, there are Christians who have no grace. They have no grace for anybody to believe or think anything other than what they believe and think. And and that's a religious spirit. It's not good. It's not healthy. Our grace and love for others increase. I'm telling you what, probably one of the greatest things that can adjust us in this area is go through something really challenging and difficult in your life and realize, God, boy, thank you. For, at first, we get all upset. Then we go, thank you, Lord. You're demonstrating something to me. You're demonstrating your love, your grace. If it wasn't for his grace in our life, man, But why is it that so many Christians have a hard time multiplying that or translating that to from what he does for us for what what we do for others? We have a hard time with that. It's like the guy who owed all this debt and he went and begged, please, please let me out of this, please let me out of this. And the guy forgave him his debt. 
And what does he do? He runs to somebody who owes him something, a little bit. Give me that. Give me what you owe me. Give me what? What? Come on. That's not how it works. <laughs> We've been given grace. Let's extend it. That's good. And the next one, we understand that the magnitude of our sin is always surpassed by God's grace, mercy, and forgiveness. The magnitude of our sin is always surpassed by God's grace, mercy, and forgiveness. Always. And I'll tell you, there's times where I feel like my sin is like, Lord, I don't know. This one's probably too big. This one's a little bigger. I don't know. But whatever it is, he always has whatever we need for, from him is always bigger and greater than what our situation is and our issue is. The depth of our surrender is measured by the height of his glory. Like, man, he is so glorious. The, the things that we're going through, the depth of, of our surrender. The next one our threshold for handling challenging situations increases. A sign of growth. Man, I've been through this. First time I didn't do so well. Going through it now. I can handle it a little bit better this time. And it, it increases as we go through things. It's, it's good that we reflect when we go through things. Did I, did I grow in this? Did, is what God intended for me in my life, is that what's transpiring? We need to look at these things. We need to reflect back. Am I growing in that? Because if we're going through this thing time after time, going around the mountain, just keep going around and around and not making any progress, that's not God's heart for us. But maybe we need to make some adjustments in that process, in the growth process. The next one, when we're okay with not getting the credit, I think about this because this is a challenge to me sometimes. It's like, I came up with that, and I need to let that person know I came up with that. Okay, Lord, I need to grow in that because that's, there's something there about insecurity or pride or whatever it is. There's something underlying. And so I think, I think about this for me personally. So, you know, it, it's something. Is it okay? Are you okay? If somebody else takes the credit for something you did, that's a sign of growth. And if it makes you so upset and you get all angry about it, let's go back and figure out what do I need to do? What adjustments do I need to make? That's good. The next one, here's one. People say you are impacting their life in a positive way. That's a good sign of growth. If somebody comes and says, man, you, what you've said to me or what you've been showing me or what, what you do, what I see in your life, it is so positive. It's impacting me. That's good. That's a good sign of growth. Then the last one, and there could be many more, but we grant forgiveness in a timely and caring manner. Sign of growth. Because I've, how many have been challenged? Somebody comes and they, they ask for forgiveness something, and you're like, I'm never forgiving that person. What they did was so horrible. But we know, we already know what Jesus said. Hey, if you're not forgiving, then I'm not forgiving you. That's a pretty powerful statement, but it's true. But if we get to that place of forgiveness, granting forgiveness in a good way, not like with a bad attitude, yeah, I'll, I'll forgive you, but I'll never let you live it down. You know, that, that's not the right but, and do it quick. If somebody comes, I'm quick to forgive. And I do it in a caring way, not in an angry way or a bitter way, just to try to throw that last dart at them as they're walking out the door. Yeah, I forgive you, but don't, don't ever look. Don't, you know, be, make sure you're watching your back. Whatever. You know, let's be careful in those things. Sign of growth. Throughout this series, I want to talk a little bit about Abraham's life. And so I want to bring just one part of his story of his life up here. Just... When he was about 75 years old, a famine hit the land of Canaan. 
and his name was Abram at the time, and his wife was Sarai at the time, but this famine hit. So they basically fled, and they went to Egypt looking for food, looking for sustenance. And you got Pharaoh and all of the Egyptian rulers in this country of Egypt, which most of us are familiar with. So on the way, Abraham's thinking up his wife is absolutely a beautiful woman. He knows it. Everybody knows it. He's got a beautiful wife. He's heading there, and he knows that Pharaoh's going to want his wife. She's beautiful, all these things going on. So he concocts this story to tell his wife, hey, tell the Egyptians, tell them that you're my sister because I don't want to lose my life because he'll kill me. You know, He'll take you and kill me. So kind of this process. So what happens, of course, the story unfolds is, yeah, they find she's a beautiful woman. Pharaoh says, hey, welcome her into my kingdom. Oh, Abram, here's a bunch of money. Here's a bunch of my livestock. All, I'm going to bless you and everything. Well, what happens is, and what I'm going to try to get to here is a point of an opportunity for growth. But this is the hand of God at work as well because this is, even though Abram's 75 years old, this is still kind of early in his life of going through some challenges and having opportunities because God said, I'm going to bless you and make you a great nation. Well, now that he's gone out there and got into a challenge, God's like, I'm going to protect my servant here. So what he does is he causes a bunch of plagues and stuff to come out on Pharaoh and just in his household and just wreaks havoc. And Pharaoh recognizes, hey, Abram, get this woman and get out of here. This is messing my life up too much. Well, that's the hand of God that comes in. Now, he made a bad decision, Abram did in this process, realizing he had some room to grow in his doubt, in his trust in God in this situation. We're all there. But God covered him as well because we realize that that's where God's grace, his mercy comes in in our life. But as we grow and as we mature, as we'll see down the road, there's things that happen as we take... Abram took that situation and he grew from it. So what God does is he releases more, he trusts us more, and down the road sometimes we find that, wow, God, you seem so distant to not come to my aid or to not do this or not take out the enemy. And we question, and, and God's like, wait a minute, I, you're growing in this. I didn't need to jump right in because you're understanding, you're growing, there's a process here. You're trusting, is your trust in me or is it not in me? And he it's just like a baby when we're, we come into the kingdom. You take care of every need, that baby right there. Everything's taken care of. A lot of times when we become Christians, God seems to just be, have you ever talked to people who just get saved and maybe you've experienced that? It's like, man, the goodness of God, everything's going great. Man, God is so good. I had this, I had a flat tire. He put air in my tire. I can't believe it. All of these things that go on, but as we grow and mature, God begins, it's not that he's stepping away from us, but he begins to say, okay, you can do this. You can do this. Come on, I'm giving you the strength. I'm giving you, I'm showing you who I am. I'm showing you my glory, but come on, now it's time for you to take some things. Time for you to take the reins here a little bit. Show that you can do these things. You can ride a bike now. I don't need to hold, you know, you can take the training wheels off. So God is there. So we have to realize, understand, that's part of growing. That's how you do when you teach your kids to ride a bike. You take the training wheels off at some point. Do they fall? Yeah. But how, how do we learn, though, if God didn't do that with us? It's the same way for us spiritually. He kind of has to take the training wheels off and let us skin our knee once in a while. But we get back up because we have that place of trusting him. We grow in this. 
And as believers, we all, we all started at that place of justification. We came with our sin before the cross, and we asked for forgiveness, and Jesus provided that justification, basically just if you had never sinned, just if I had never sinned, justify, justification, it's clean, it's done. There's no trying to figure this, some trickery to it. No, it's done. It's simple. It happened. You're saved. You're, you're forgiven. You're in the kingdom. But then there's the whole process of life. That's where sanctification comes in. And, and sanctification is this daily thing that happens in our life, that, that we, we come to him. We walk through things. This is where we're being transformed. This is, this is where we're being refined. We're being purified. We're going through this. We're becoming holy. This is this daily challenge that we all have as believers, this need for sanctification. It helps us grow. It helps us mature. We're being sanctified daily. You know, it's a process for all of us. It's an ongoing thing for us. I love the facts that, fact that there, I've been justified. Justification has come. Thank you for your sanctification, Lord, because I need it every day. And we grow in that. In our growth, we begin to look more and more like Jesus. Grace is always there, yes, but our need for it becomes less as we grow because we are becoming more mature in our spiritual journey. Grace is always there. It is. But Jesus didn't provide grace so that we had to depend on it for everything every day in our life and that that's all we run to every time and get that grace. It's there for us, but as we mature and as we grow, we don't need it as much. It's not that it's not there, because it's always there for us, but you find in your life that, okay, I made it through today. I made good decisions today. I grew today. His grace was there, but he didn't need to deploy it because you made some good decisions or you grew in that area. Understand that? You know, in First John, it talks about... I. I so would that my children walk in truth. There's this truth thing. There's grace and there's truth. So that my children would walk in truth. Walk in truth. We need to be walking in truth. We weren't designed to... He didn't say, I I so desire that my children walk in grace. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with walking in grace, but the the idea, the, the point here is get us to that place of walking in truth and growing in that. Because I'll tell you, at some point for every person, when we come before the king, we come before that day, we, we come before our savior, grace ends. That's a hard thing to say, but it's true. At some point, the end comes for all of us. If it's before standing before the Lord, he can't just say, well, you screwed everything up. You didn't accept me as your Lord and savior. You didn't you didn't do any of those things, but I'm going to let you in anyway. I'm going to give you my grace to let you in. It does, that's not how it doesn't work that way ultimately for us. But it's here as long as we're alive, breathing, and here on earth, his grace is there for us. And it's for us to take advantage, full advantage of that. <laughs> when, I don't know how many of you have been puppy owners. Puppy owners? Anybody get puppies? Yeah, we, I think we tried that a few times. But it's interesting with puppies... It requires a little grace, a little mercy, a little kindness, a little something. When, we, when you got puppies, see, we think what they're doing and we, our understanding is that's wrong. Their thought is, 
I'm having fun, enjoying life. Ripping up your slipper is pretty fun for me. Peeing on your carpet, that's, that's just kind of how it was designed, right? We, we're thinking, that's wrong. You can't be doing that as a puppy. But eventually, you put time and you invest time into the puppy, and you train them, and maybe you hire a trainer. But pretty soon, they, they, things start adjusting, and they start coming into a line. That, that's typically what happens, not always. But having that, going through that time and adjustment, I have this story of one time when we had a puppy, which we had. This is many years ago when our kids were, were young. And we, uh, being pressured, we got this puppy. Sweet puppy, loved the, loved the dog. But this puppy was still doing puppy things. And it had ruined several things that, and, that I had owned or we owned. And I was like, you know what? This isn't good. This isn't good. And it kept being, well, it's learning. It'll stop doing that. And so we're going with this process. And I just remember one day coming home from work. I had just got a really nice Japanese lace leaf maple tree. It was in the pot, and I was going to plant it. And it was in the back. I'd set it in the backyard. I came home from work, and that thing was shredded all over my backyard. Every limb, every leaf, everything. Oh, I'm telling you. I was not happy. And I said, guess what? That dog's gone. And I'm sorry, dear, because we did get rid of the dog to a nice other family. But I think everybody in our family was hurt, except for me. <laughs> but I think about that was an opportunity for me to grow, because I experienced something, and I did something I probably shouldn't have done, but yet felt justified to do it at the time. I don't know if my kids, I'm sure they'll tell you whatever the true bigger part of whatever that was. Because I'm typically a pretty mellow person. My emotions, I contain them and stuff. But I just, I just was not happy that day coming home to see that prized tree or bush shredded all over the yard. But it helped me in my life grow in some areas. Don't give me that look, dear. I have grown since then. Thank you. Let that, let that be on the podcast. We're not getting a puppy, Jeff. There's reasons why I don't have puppies now. I've grown to learn that it's better just to not have puppies. I love them, and I, I love come to your house and play with your puppies. <laughs> Am I the only one that has stories like this? Thank you. See? Oh, see, look, people are pointing at other people. People are raising their hands. <laughs> well, we won't go there. So, Lord, thank you. You guys, we love each other, right? That's right. Amen. This is all, we're all growing together. The fruit of our lives is created really from the basis of our lives. What, what seeds we allowed to be planted in our lives and those that germinate, those grow, and that becomes the fruit. What is it that we're we're allowing there? What is it, the seeds? Are we allowing them, are they good seeds? And are we allowing them to, to develop and grow? To grow or not to grow is based on the decisions we make from our circumstances every day in our life. We decide, am I going to grow from this or am I not going to grow from it? There's an interesting story that I read. It's among the Dutch people, something I was reading, that there was a, a rose is something very valuable. And they would take and purposely take a rose that was of low quality, considered not beautiful, maybe 
didn't have some of the quality that some of the really high-quality roses had. So they would take a lower-quality rose and they would plant it right next to a high-quality rose. And they would do that on purpose. And it was interesting in the process of that because what they would do when it would come time for pollinization, they would clip the part on the rose that would pollinate. You guys know all these technical terms probably for that, this, this from the stamen or whatever, that there's something else on there. Anyway, so they, they, they would eliminate that so that it wouldn't pollinate itself, but the quality rose would pollinate that rose. And what that happened over time is it would take on the characteristics and it would take on what the high-quality rose put out and was. And it's interesting because then that rose became a quality rose. And I was thinking about that in our own lives. And it would take on the characteristics. And I was thinking about how our life with the Lord and how we're planted. And he comes and he plants. <laughs> you know, we think that we're to be discarded. It's like my life isn't value. I'm not this beautiful rose. I'm whatever it is. And he comes along and he just says, come on now. He just plants himself right next to us. And the things that we produce, he said, I'm just going to cut those things off. You're not going to need those. And maybe we're like, what are you doing, Lord? You know, and he, yeah, he's, he's pruning. He's doing some things. He's going, I'm going to transfer. I'm, I'm, my characteristics are going to become part of who you are. And so those are things that happen in a process. Sometimes always doesn't feel good, but knowing that eventually we step back and we go, wow, I like the fragrance. Because roses are incredibly good smelling. I love the smell of roses. I would probably fill up my car with them when I drive by the mushroom farm because that would probably help. <laughs> Just a little diversion there in my thought process. <laughs> Sorry, some of you probably live over by there and you understand what I'm saying. But when we get planted next to that superior rose, that beautiful rose, and we're, we're next to our creator, and it, we can't help but to get that pollinization, the characteristics of, of our Savior and we're pollinated by him in a sense, and it becomes part of who we are. His characteristics become beautiful in our lives. That's growth for us, and I just think that's a great example, a great story. I just want to read uh, one more scripture if the worship team can come up, and I want to talk about this just for a moment, but it's in Second Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 4. And as I'm reading through this, I'm going to use the word grow several times in here. I'm adding it to the scripture. But it says this, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enabled you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. It's interesting because you link this up and you think about the corruption that's going on in the world. Where does that come from? Human desires. But he's given us some credible promises. And we're able to share in his divine nature and escape this when we are grab a hold of his promises. So this is where, where we're going. So verse 5. In view of all this... Make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with the generous provision of moral excellence. Grow. And moral excellence with knowledge. 
grow. And knowledge with self-control, grow. And self-control with patient endurance, grow. And patient endurance with godliness, grow. And godliness with brotherly affection, grow. And brotherly affection with love for everyone, grow. The more, verse 8, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9, but those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. Come on, which side of the cross do we want to be on here? If we're not grabbing a hold of these verses, and if we're not beginning to implement these things in our life, we're short-sighted. We're not seeing it how we should see it. We're forgetting what really truly happened to us. All of these things that we just read, these things move us from one place to the next to the next, and we add these. We bring an added value, and it causes us to grow. We grow, we grow, we grow, we grow. It starts today for some. Remember, God loves you as much as he possibly can right now. Right where you're at in your life, wherever you're at right now, he loves you to the maximum. But he's got great things in store moving forward. We need to be intentional about measuring our progress. We need to be looking at this each day as we're praying, as we're seeking God, as we're reading his word, as we're listening to things that are going on. Daily, weekly, monthly, these are things where we're just progressing. Am I growing in these areas? We need to ask ourselves, am I growing? Am am I more mature today than I was yesterday in this area? The moral issue we talked about, knowledge, self-control, Patience, godliness, brotherly affection, love for others, for everyone. Are we growing in these things? These are simple things that we can just take right now and work on those things. Write them out. Say, am I growing in this area? How's my self-control? Am I better today than I was yesterday? Are we growing? Are we growing? Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 